1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School Pre-Game Show. My name is Andrew Claudio aka GMHC and it's time to preview the Knicks upcoming matchup on Wednesday night at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time against the Chicago Bulls a random ABC matchup where the Knicks will play the Bulls at the Garden. Um, no Michael Jordan or John Starks or Scottie Pippen or Patrick Ewing will play in this game and yet it is still a primetime Wednesday night matchup on ABC. Uh We actually find out the answer to why this is all happening from my guest, who is Jason Pat, who is one of the co-hosts of the Cash Considerations podcast, which is part of the Blue Wire podcast network. He's a big Bulls fan. Um, He knows the Bulls inside and out, actually. And I I think you're going to get a lot of intel on what's going on in Chicago and what's happened to them this year. They are a deceiving 15 and 20. Uh, I will say we are recording this intro after the... Uh, Bulls took on the Philadelphia 76ers and lost. Uh, game was really not that close. They lost by 13, but it was a- around 25 points the entirety of the night. The interview and the conversation that Jason and I had uh, was before the game, however. So we did not know that the Bulls are going to get killed for one. And that Colby White and Patrick Williams would leave with injuries in this game. So that's obviously something to monitor for this back-to-back on Wednesday against the Knicks. We'll see if either of those two uh, play in their their next matchup against the Knicks, which is less than twenty-four hours later. Uh, having said all of that, the Bulls are fifteen and twenty, but they started five and fourteen. And then they went 10 and 6. Uh, they, that's the biggest note I can give to you on them that they started off horrible this year and then got somewhat hot and back in the playing race. Uh, part of that is because Colby White went on a stretch where we were wondering if he could put his name in the All Star or Most Improved Player conversation. He's cooled off a little bit since, um, but he's still playing well enough that if he's missing tomorrow night, or tonight, I should say, it should be significant. Uh, the. Zach Levine, of it all, that's really going to be the focus of our conversation with Jason today, because Zach Levine has not played a basketball game for the Bulls since November 28th. In fact, right after Zach Levine left playing the Bulls was when they went on this stretch for their 10 and six in their last 16 games. And who knows what the direction this goes. The Knicks have already made the first big trade outside of the, the James Harden trade, Um Uh, Of of trade season for the 23-24 season. So who knows if they're interested in Zach Levine or if Zach Levine gets traded, but he uh, has asked for a trade and the market just hadn't materialized. There's rumors that uh, Levine may end up playing in Chicago. Uh, But let's hear from the Chicago side of this and what's it been like to have Zach Levine uh, not want to play for your team and your team be better when he's not playing. So let's get to my conversation with Jason Pat of Cash Considerations, which is the Chicago Bulls podcast of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, previewing this matchup on Wednesday night again at 830 Eastern Standard Time against the Chicago Bulls. Enjoy. Joining me now for another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show with the Knicks finally playing two home games in a row. Who knew that it was allowed to happen? Uh, This time, of course, uh, the second time with OG Ananobi in the lineup. Uh, We welcome in a Chicago Bulls team that uh, is 15 and 19, but don't let that record fool you. They've been playing much better as of late, and we're going to find out exactly why a friend of the Blue Wire Podcast Network from the show Cash Considerations. Please welcome back to the Knicks Film School Podcast, Mr. Jason Pat. Jason, welcome back. Thank you for having me back. Glad to talk about Bulls Knicks game. National television on like a Wednesday night,
2: randomly as well on ABC. Uh, I was wondering, I was looking at the schedule and I was like, why the heck is this game on ABC? Apparently it was because of the strike and they have like nothing to show on TV. So we get some uh, Bulls Knicks at the Garden uh, on national TV on a Wednesday.
1: The the weirdest part about the, the I, so you said it's because of the strike. I uh, yeah. also explain the 830 Eastern
2: start time. Possibly. Yeah, that is pretty bizarre. But yeah, I saw I think it was Keith Smith tweeted about it. Just like that. He asked and like someone's like, yeah, because of the strike, the networks like need something to show. So they go, like, oh, we'll just show some uh, national TV basketball uh, during the middle of the week uh, on a week. Usually Wednesday is usually when ESPN games, not ABC. But those ABC games are usually on the weekend. But now we get a, a random Wednesday nighter. Uh, so that's exciting.
1: I guess uh, the whole country will get to see uh, yeah. the the new look of the Knicks with OG Ananobi, but yep. they'll also get to see this this new look of the Bulls, and uh, I, I don't even know what to to call it about the the post Zach Levine and this Colby White version of the team. And I think the first question I have. I like to go into these conversations, these interviews as informed as possible, Jason. Yeah. And so I try to look through lineup data for trends and I try to look for like big picture questions. But I don't want I want to stay away from the Stephen A. Smith general topics that lead Fair to upgrades because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're annoyed with how like the national coverage of your team is right. But. I go to ESPN.com and I click on bulls and I know because of digging through all the lineup data and doing the research, like there's some interesting story here, stories here with the and new uh, and Emma Colby white and like Andre Drummond getting 20 <laughs> rebounds again. Um, and the, Big picture of Zach Levine is just staring at me whenever I go to the ESPN Bulls page. So let's just have the Zach Levine conversation first, if that's all right. Because I don't don't want to look at it from like a can the Knicks trade for him perspective. I have no idea if that's even on the table. But since he went down or went out of the lineup on 1130, uh, the Bulls are 10 and 5. They have a top 12 net rating. They're top 10. I think we're top seven in defense at the moment. And they've just flat out played, flat out played better than the number ten seed. They're in the play-in race now. Um, I mean, to the uneducated Knicks fan listening to this, how much does their turnaround have to do with the fact that Zach Levine's not part of it? So. Zach at the beginning of
2: the year was legit bad. Uh, so like there's the conversation around Zach at this point, especially with the, whatever his trade value and all that, like his trade markets allegedly barren was the word that Woj used recently because it's just like, I know his contract's pretty big. But, like I think the conversation's almost like turned a little too much against him. I know he's, again, he's never really won anything. And like, that's a big thing. Oh, he's empty stats, uh, whatever. It's like empty calorie player. He's ever he's got one playoff win in his career. And then he won a play in game with the bulls last year. And they lost in that second one to the heat. Um, but like last year, the close of the year, he was really good. Uh, he was playing like at a, at a basically an all-star level. This year, though, he was legitimately not good. Uh, and I think a lot of it you probably point to is that he didn't want to be here anymore. He wanted to trade. And there were the rumors out there in the offseason that the bulls were kind of quietly shopping him. Nothing really materialized, of course. Uh, they were asking for a high price, but they were like, May, maybe we'll like see if anyone wants to like put a big offer on the table. Uh, and then this the bulls start poorly this season, and then it comes out that, oh, like Zach is open to a new spot. The Bulls are open to trading him. So basically it was kind of like a soft trade request. And while this is happening, the Bulls playing terrible. He's playing just like way below his below his normal level, both ends of the court. I mean, he's never been like a defensive guy, but uh, the defense was just bad. Offensively, just kind of freelancing. The efficiency was way down. He's known as one of the better shooters in the NBA, or he has been, was not shooting the ball well from three, taking bad shots poor and crunch time and you get out to a five and 14 start. The last game he has played was that game in season tournament game against against Boston where the Celtics won by 30. It looked like the bulls were basically done by the first quarter. We had Joe Mazzulla doing hack Andre Drummond in the fourth quarter to try to keep point differential alive. Uh, And I mean, the bulls were a laughing stock and that's kind of just the way they were playing that. That was the end of a four game road trip that where they basically got smoked and, they got smoked by the Nets. They got smoked by the, the Raptors, who obviously just like, haven't been very good this year. Either. So it's just like, they looked like they, they were toast. And then he leaves. The next game that they play when he leaves was without, without DeMar, and they beat Milwaukee like in overtime. Cruz it's like a game-tying a game ridiculous three, and they win it in overtime. And then kind of since then, we saw the Kobe White thing. So I think you have to start a lot of it. With Kobe White, didn't have the opportunity before. And like Kobe's his career's gone through stretches where he, we've seen him play great. But then I think a couple of years ago, like maybe as a rookie or year two, he hit like five or six threes in a fourth quarter against the Knicks. They've seen it happen. We're like, he catches fire and it's like, Oh my God, this guy's awesome. And then, but then he would have stretches where he was bad. Uh, He's just kind of been a hit or miss guy, really streaky. All of a sudden, Zach Levine goes out and it kind of started a little before Zach went out, but especially when the ball started going into his hands more with the opportunity, like all of a sudden, Kobe, Kobe White puts together like three, two or three weeks of like all-star caliber play play where he's, averaging like 25, five and five and like shooting 50% from three over a pretty long stretch of games. He has cooled off in the last few and the bulls offense has kind of taken a step back. They've with him cooling down, they still able to win a few games uh, because you get like the Andre Drummond 2020 games out of nowhere. But uh, a lot of it really does start with Kobe white, just like getting the opportunity embracing and just becoming just, just doing stuff that was just kind of crazy. Like, uh, I don't have the stats again off the top of my head, but I was just like kind of diving into some of their numbers, like his numbers, and like the fourth quarter numbers, and he's just just like the clutch numbers. Like they clutch, Their clutch games, they've gotten so much better at closing out games. Kobe, DeMar DeRozan's been awesome while you're in the clutch. But that's kind of flipped since Zach went out. Um, again, ridiculous like three-point shooting in fourth quarters. With, played a big role where get, getting down early in games has still kind of been a trend for them. And then they just kind of bl- blow the doors off in the second half. Like even in the game they lost the other day, I was at... The Pacers game. They were down 25 in the third quarter, and then they came back and were leading for Halliburton, kind of took over at the end. But uh, they've made a huge just habit of getting down double digits and then making huge comebacks and the offense, like all of a sudden turning it on. And that was kind of a thing early in the year too. Like they have one of the worst, like first half, like net offensive ratings in the league. And then you look at the second half and it's like totally flipped. It's there's just like so much weird stuff going on with this team. But again, Kobe starts a lot of, it, but even some of the other young guys lately have been doing great. Patrick Williams started the year. Terrible kind of like Kobe did. He's he had an awesome December. I would assume who has had a huge few games in December. He basically won them a game against Miami um, in Miami. Uh, even Dalen Terry, who basically didn't play last year, looked unplayable again to start this season. He's made some impact in a few games. Uh, so the young guys kind of really taking that step and taking advantage of that opportunity has been huge. And then besides that, De- again, I mentioned DeMar DeRozan in the clutch. He basically won them a, Haw- a Hawks game the other day where they were down double digits in the second half. They come back. DeMar DeRozan closes them out and gets a win. Andre Drummond with a few 2020 games, like historic rebounding numbers has been filling in for Nikola Vucevic, who's been out the last week or so and will not be playing in New York. Uh, he's been, he has, he's had a few huge games. So like just kind of a lot of guys chipping in and again, yeah, you mentioned 10 and five without Zach. Like now the, the report came out today that Zach might be back later this week. They obviously have not been able to find a trade for him. I'm assuming he still wants to be traded, although the bulls have been playing better, but uh, so like, I would still guess he does get traded, but like, Maybe he doesn't. If like the rumor, if the, the the trade offers out there really are garbage, like the Bulls shouldn't just like trade him for absolute nothing. Like he still has whatever three, four years on his contract left. You hope that if he comes back and they're playing better, like that maybe gets him a bit more engaged. So like if he comes back, like he theoretically should be able to fit into how they're playing better now in terms of like the shooting, moving the ball a bit more. Like that's the question. Like, will if he comes back, will he buy into Moving the ball a bit more, is he going to, whatever, is he going to dominate possession and take bad shots again? So that's a big question mark with, and he's not going to play in this Knicks game tomorrow, but, Billy Donovan didn't wouldn't rule out the end of the week. So that's certainly a huge thing to watch for uh, if he does come back and how it, how that goes.
1: So before I I follow up with the with the Zach Levine of it all, the, the Kobe White stretch, I think you're talking about in the first yeah. nine games from the Milwaukee game that you referenced that they came back and won big Alex Caruso shot in that game. Yes, by the way, yeah, I, at the buzzer game tying three may or may not have had a money line parlay that was had me invested in watching on lead pass but um i uh, uh during that stretch those nine games uh, from the Milwaukee game and obviously the eight games following kobe white averaged 25 points a game 6.4 rebounds 6.8 assists on 50% 48% 83% on his splits that's 48% from 3 on 9.4 attempts a game these are video game Yep. numbers now like you as you mentioned over the last six games it's tailed off a little bit but he still is averaging like 20 like you said 22 five and five yeah. the three-point shooting
2: has fallen way off but like yeah he's still finding other ways to contribute and that's something he really didn't do as much before when the three-point shot wasn't falling early in his career he was kind of he would be unplayable sometimes now he's still yeah. doing other things which is a big just like step in his development
1: to Jason's point, Knicks fans about the three point shot falling off. We have a thing with the Knicks where everybody finds their three point shot against them. <laughs> um, so four games ago, Kobe White went 0 of eight from three against the Cavs, and then 0 of seven against the Atlanta Hawks. So we'll see if if you know suddenly a five for five shows up <laughs> in the first half against this Knicks team and their <laughs> drop coverage. Although hopefully in the OG and an era things are different. Yeah, how does the fan base feel about Zach Lavine? Is there any hint of like we actually fixed this. I don't want something to come back and ruin it. I do think a lot of people are kind of done with it and just want to like move
2: on uh, like and say that, Oh yeah, they're better without him. And like, mm-hmm. again, that might be true. Like I'm still it. Like again, if Zach came back and was actually playing like his best version of himself, I would think that that would l- make the bulls better. Um, at least the offensive. Like the offense has now that like some of the Kobe white, like shooting has kind of fallen off and some something like Vooch has been out. Like sometimes you see when they're missing Zach, the offense has definitely taken a step back, in, like the last five or so games um but the defense has been good and like again zach's never been a great defender so like in general though i think a lot of the fans are probably like whatever man like we're like you wanted you asked for a trade we're playing better now without you whatever 10 and 5 like all right let's just move on but again it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen because this doesn't seem like anyone wants to really trade anything valuable for him so again if he comes back it'll be interesting if he comes back and like if they do keep playing better or like if he comes back and just tanks things again like Fans are going to be mad. I'm like, get out, of, get out of here, dude. Like we were playing better without you.
1: Bit of a behind the scenes for those watching on the YouTube channel. If you're wondering why Jason is now on the left, I don't think people have ever uh, put two and two together of why I do this because the home team goes on the left and the, the home team goes on the right and the <sighs> home team goes on the, wait, I don't even think I explained it right. It's literally away and home. is supposed to be how it goes from left to right. It's Bulls at Knicks. So I try to match that with the screen. I didn't realize it until 12 minutes into the pod that I was technically the road team. And a lot of that has to do as I segue this perfectly into how difficult the Knicks' schedule has been they just played uh, a home game on new year's day against the minnesota timberwolves there was a nine game stretch to end 2023 where all they played were 500 teams or better they had played of their 30 home 30 games to start the year they had played uh i believe it was 20 road games to start the year so they barely played at msg to start the the Twenty the, the this season basically yeah. they're I mean everybody's sick of hearing it but they're playing uh, excuse me in season tournament reward because they did make the tournament was an extra home game excuse me road game against the Bucks and then because right. they lost that game they got an extra road game against the Celtics who lost to the Pacers so right. they're gonna be the only team that gets to play the Bucks and the Celtics five times each this year and I wonder about the bull schedule and how. I'm mean, going just flat out ask Has it been a difficult schedule for the Bulls this year? Or are they coming up on a difficult part? So, the
2: the Bulls in season tournament, they went 0 and 4, and they got to play the Hornets and Spurs during that week. So, that See? was nice. And,
1: and they, and they <laughs> Your won They had punishment both games. for not making the tournament.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Bulls, they intentionally tanked the in season tournament so they could get two weak opponents during that week where they filled hmm. in those games. Um, there have been some really tough stretches of the schedule. It has been pretty home heavy. I think they're like. Uh, I think they will have more road games going coming in like the second half of the season, and like they're they're on the road tonight in Philly, they're, and then this is a really tough back to back the Bulls got tonight in Philly. Although they did beat Philly with Embiid uh, a week or two ago in Philly, which was very surprising, and then obviously going into New York tomorrow. So like that's a really tough kind of two step there on the road. Uh, but like like this, this December, <laughs> so when they were five and fourteen. <laughs> I was looking at the schedule and everyone was like like are the Bulls going to have 10 wins by the time 2024 rolls around because like theoretically looking at the schedule like they had a bunch of tough games even though it was pretty home heavy and they just they just finished a six game home home stand to finish out 2023 but like I mean they played like the Bucks multiple times and they played the Sixers multiple times uh and they played the Lakers and like they had a so they played like the Heat on a back to back in Miami but they beat Milwaukee in a home game. They almost beat them in Milwaukee again. They beat Philly twice. One of the games, this last game was was uh, without Embiid. The Sixers were on a back to road back to back. So like schedule a win, but still like got to win the game, and they did. Uh, they beat Miami in one of those back to those that home that road back to back. And they lost the other one on uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler uh, game winner at the buzzer. And uh, they they smut they smashed the Lakers. I know the Lakers are not playing well right now, but. Um, they've gotten, they've, they've racked up some really nice wins during a stretch of the schedule where I thought they were totally screwed. Uh, And obviously, again, I did not envision them, the Kobe white thing happening and them just all of a sudden like playing so much better without Zach. But, uh, so yeah, there've been some stretches with some really tough stretches and games that they've won that I just thought they had no business winning. So, um, again, I think they do have more of a road heavy Uh, stretch kind of the rest of the season. I think they've played maybe four or five more home games than road and get kind of starting tonight here with these. uh, They started about 10-15 minutes in Philly. Embiid is back so that'll be a tough one, but can they beat them. They beat them. If they beat them again in Philly tonight with Embiid back, like that'd be 3-0 against the Sixers this year. I just like, again, like no idea what the heck is up with this team, especially because the Bulls are still missing Vuj, Zach, Torrey Craig. They're missing some key guys. So if they go to Philly and beat them again before going to New York and that should be a good game, like That'd be pretty
1: crazy. (laughs) I think the, the, first of all, to clarify the, the Knicks schedule of it all, they, they had until New Year's Eve or New Year's day, technically, uh, they had played 32 games in 2023 this season and uh third, 20 of them were on the road. They were not yeah. and 11 on the road. They had mostly been playing like these 500 teams. They had, believe they had eight back to backs during that stretch too. And then as I mentioned, the two difficult in season tournament games and then to start 2024, it's like, great, you're back at home for a mini <laughs> homestand. Here's Minnesota, you know, yeah. which thinks got the W with the new look of their
0: team and an OG and Anobi. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed. The follow
1: up I have to that. And it's, it's, I guess a bit of a two part question. So by all means, take your time, but like, what is the, like, what does a disappointing season look like for the bulls? And if like, like if they were in the play-in last year, and as a Knicks fan who watched the, the his team lose to the Miami Heat in the second <laughs> round, this eighth seed that got hot. Uh, thank you to the Chicago Bulls for not eliminating the the Heat in that play-in <laughs> game when they had the lead with minutes left. Their- they, 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 yeah. I I replay those those last few minutes, those <laughs> max juice threes a, a bunch, especially when the Knicks were at home for the conference finals. But the point being, um, I. I Does the record and where they end up in the, in the playoffs or play in, does that have anything to do with the, whether you consider a season a success or not in Chicago, or is it more like measured in transactions and what you get back or whether you do make trades at the deadline?
2: So if they actually got into the playoffs and like had a competitive first round series, like that, I I can't say I'd be disappointed by that. um, Although I, you still would have to wonder, though, like if whatever, if that's going to just like they're going to keep like doubling down on this group. because ultimately, it's still like your tomorrow is going to be thirty five. Vooch is older. Like, are they still going to kind of gonna just kind of like run this group back like again? Like they they've done like so little on the transaction front since they kind of put this like group together that it's like does them like maybe overachieving the rest of the season? Like, will that hurt them in the long term? And just like them continuing to double down ultimately on like a a team that's still pretty mediocre and the ceiling's clearly not that high because there's a lot of evidence right now. This group's been together for a while that even though whatever they've had stretches where they look good uh, and obviously there was, they looked good with Lonzo before all that happened. But like, are they going to be like, Oh, you know, like Lonzo balls going to come back next year. Like we're Mm. just going to add him to this group. And then we're going to like take off again and be really good again. Although Lonzo hasn't played in two plus years or whatever. Like real quick, real quick
1: that just, just, this is this is a bit of a a side note just that Lonzo situation like legitimately makes me sad like there's a lot of Knicks fans that also share that we were interested in Lonzo when he was still in New Orleans and like before this was like the a trade deadline conversation and and just like I'm I'm sure Bulls fans I guess feel the same way well okay you can tell me like whether the the Lonzo situation is more of a frustration or if it's just like a bummer that like we saw I mean, what both. it was, but yeah. when it was working with yeah. him and Caruso, yeah. it was really working,
2: yeah. I would say both. And there, we did get some good news on that front last week. Like, he's apparently, I think he's going to start running this month again. Like, that sounds like that. Like, the issue that he had that, like, the chronic knee issue where like he was basically feeling pain, like doing like basic life activities. Like, apparently, like the procedure has fixed that allegedly. Of course, that's. Going from this and like whatever, doing some running on a court, that's a long way from being an effective NBA basketball player or even being able to play again. So, like, still whatever, crossing fingers there. I, I don't think you can really expect anything out of him. He's eat, or like whatever. He comes back after a missing few years, like, how much can he play? Will he actually stay healthy? How good is he? Like, I don't think we can really expect anything there. So, like, if he ever even just gets on the court again for the Bulls, like that would be just like nice to see to end just like a nice story. But again, they can't really expect anything from them. So like, but like, I, I do think some fans are probably concerned again, like, yeah, if they whatever finish this year, like decent, they keep playing decently well. Uh, and they, they whatever, they make it through the play in tournament. Like I think the front office would see that as a huge success given where they started the season. Um, and then they might just kind of be like, oh, well, you know, we're going to keep these guys together. It's all good. We'll give DeMar this extension. You know, we got Lonzo coming back. Like we're going to be all goods. And I think that could turn into just like, maybe spinning your wheel still because they've done so little on the transaction. Like, I don't need, I'm not going to come here and say they like need to, like they need to blow everything up, but like they, I do think they, they still have to make some moves. They have to kind of replenish if possible, the draft capital. I mean, I don't even know if DeMar wants to come back, I guess <laughs> so, like there's still questions about like that. Like how much are you gonna pay a 35-year-old DeMar? How like how much how good is he gonna be moving forward? So, like, uh like what would be a dis so an actual disappointing season for me? I guess like if they do kind of fall apart again, but then like I think the worst like, case scenario would be like they don't make any trades, they kind of just roll forward with this. I, the Zach thing, maybe they make like a bad Zach trade, although I'm kind of like I'm kind of <laughs> like uh I almost kind of expect like a like a, like a not not a great return. Maybe as long as they don't make like a brutal one, like. But I'm not expecting a great return for
1: Zach at this point. Even what is Z- a bad aside, tra- hold on, What does a bad trade look like in Zach Levine? I mean, like I don't love
2: like the Lakers thing. If it's like D'Lo Rui it's, and like it's salary pick. filler
1: and one yeah. pick, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and then like
2: if we look at like the Sixers, if it was like Tobias Harris, like contract expiring contract, one pick, and then like maybe an okay young guy, like it's just not that exciting. Especially when those picks are like way down the road. It's just like.
1: I've thought the Sixers are the team, to be honest. And it's not necessarily because of the guy that you get back, but yeah. it, they have the best pick package, I thought, that p- could potentially be offered. I don't remember what know? else
2: they have. I didn't think they had that much, but I have to look at it again. Like, Well, they have uh,
1: stuff from the, not from the Brooklyn trade because they had to give up stuff, but like they do have Clippers picks that they can oh, offer. Oh, right, right. And they right, have, yeah, they, do, yeah, they yeah. have their own picks that they could potentially offer that's as right, well. That's right. That's you right. Know? I keep forgetting about the, yeah, the Harden stuff. but uh, James Harden was on that team technically to start the season. <laughs> yeah, yes. That is right. <laughs>
2: But yeah, so like, but even set that aside. So they just, they don't really trade anyone else then too. All right, whatever they make like a bummer Zach trade, and they don't trade anybody else, and they try to like push forward, and then they make the play in, but then like lose. They don't even make it to the playoffs. Like, uh, like that would be a pretty disappointing way to go about things, where they like whatever they try to go in on this roster still, but then they still fall short. Like, I mean, I guess then they'd still be in the lottery, but like that's probably not going anywhere. Again, I'm not really asking for them to tank here, because that's just not going to happen. Like, uh. But yeah, no trades and then failing to make the, the, whatever, the actual top eight playoffs, like that would be probably a big disappointment. Uh, and we'd just be like, well, what the heck was this for? What was the point of this season?
1: So specifically the ninth seed and with the Rosen and. Yeah, they basically and, and yeah, they keep Caruso, DeMar, they keep and, Caruso.
2: Yeah. But then they, yeah, they get like the eight or nine seed and they don't, and then they don't make it through the playing tournament and they just lose whatever, whatever game that is. or they lose two games or something like that. Yeah, that'd be, uh. That would be that'd be brutal.
1: <laughs> so then I'll I'll ask my only Nick's trade specific question because uh, look I, last year at the deadline there was a moment I thought RJ was gonna get traded for Zach Levine. I don't know yep. if you yeah, were, yeah, I remember those received rumors top, rumors top. the same day. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. and then obviously RJ's now in, in Toronto. Um the clutch CAA of it all has become weird because like there was the stuff over the summer that clutch was just like not gonna do business right. with Leon Rose and then uh, maybe two weeks ago, we heard the 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 Come to Jesus peace meeting yep. that was going to happen between CAA and I, maybe it was even CAA it was like Worldwide West and <laughs> Rich Paul. They were like, "We're gonna we're gonna break bread and re- yeah. and fix this." And then the next day, it was like the Knicks are interested in Dejounte Murray. Right? Um, it, it like who on the Knicks do you like? Obviously, post quickly in RJ trade. There's there's less young guys for yeah. you to look at and be like, Hey, that's who we'd want back in yeah. a Zach Levine trader. Is it so in the like, bowl- they have a ton of picks to offer too.
2: Yeah. So yeah, the, the bulls chat that I'm in with all, all my bulls pals. Like we talk about the Knicks quite a bit as a possible okay. destination. Uh, I mean, and I would assume it would be something like Evan Fournier for the salary filler. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the, whatever picks that they're willing to put on the table. I know the Knicks have a bunch um, and then like, if there's going to be a young guy, it would probably be Quentin Grimes is the guy we'd be looking for. Uh, That's so the giant guard. Yeah. You can guard, three and D ish guard. You can kind of fill in beat, maybe be the start, a starter next to Kobe or a guy who can come off the bench. Again, I know he's had a kind of a down year. I know he had some issues with playing time. I know that was kind of with the, with a log gym there with quickly and Grimes and all those wings that they had and D- Dante and Josh Hart and, uh, and RJ was there and Brunson's there. Like I had all those guys and it was hard to get all those guys minutes uh, now, and now with IQ gone, I'm assuming Grimes is going to play maybe a little bit more. I know Dante will probably see his a bit more as well. Uh, but Grimes is probably the one of the guys, the main guys for sure. Just again, I know he's had a down year, but it was like, I know last year, he were like, a really nice season. Like if that guy came back, uh, I know I don't think like high, huge potential guy, but like if you got him and a pick or two and then whatever, the, again, Fournier's whatever other salary filler, like. I could at least talk myself into that being like a fine Levine return, just given what the market apparently is for him. So, um, I think, yeah, that's the main one, the main kind of look of the trade that we've kind of talked about in the Bulls group that I got.
1: So, it's funny you say that because uh, over here at Nick's Film School, um, our our genius capologist, uh, Jeremy Cohen, uh, uh, speculated, but I think he's going to turn it into a full presentation on Sunday, uh, the Nick's potential path to. Uh, the next big fish to potentially become available. they now have to go get a guy and the, the like the, but not like a guy like the superstar yeah. and DeJounte Murray's been the guy that's like, you get yeah. him, you could probably get him for, like you said, Quentin Grimes, um, Evan Fournier, a pick or two. And then when you're ready to go all in, like say the Sixers losing the first round or the second round and Embiid's like, you know what? I'm out. And yeah. the Knicks are like, well, here's Dejounte Murray and Miles McBride, who's now on a new contract, and Mitchell Robinson, who's on a new contract, and here's all these first round picks that are unprotected. Yep. So I, I don't know if Levine qualifies for that. I I, I actually ha- haven't even checked the temperature with Knicks fans. If we've moved on from the because there was a moment last summer where I think a lot of us thought that they'd revisit the Zach yep. Levine for RJ conversation, and then you know the neither player got traded and it was really just like, it was just like if you weren't Dame or James Harden, you weren't on the trade market. So um, I'm I'm curious to see what the Bulls do and if I can uh, before I I pivot to talking a little bit more about this matchup um, if I just like yes or no on a couple players, will they be there by the deadline? Your best prediction. So uh, Alex Caruso. I'm going to say yes. Yes. Uh, DeMar DeRozan. Yes. Oh, wow. Zach Levine. I'm going to still say no. I
2: think Zach, I think he'll probably, he seems like a guy who probably, like, at the deadline type move. Because I, I think they still need, I think we need, to, or at least much closer. I think we still need to, like, get that, like, deadline, like, pressure. Uh, mm-hmm. We get a little more sample size of the season. And some team will get desperate. Or, I mean, whether it's the Lakers, like I said, yeah. would the Bulls, like, would the Bulls accept? I mean, I would take, like, if the Lakers included Austin Reeves in a trade offer, I'd be like, sure, absolutely, why not? That's the move. There's no evidence that that's going to happen. But, like, if they're still kind of just like struggling along at 500, I know they have a bunch of home games coming up and maybe they'll turn things around and they won't feel as desperate to trade for Zach. But, like, the way the Lakers see, like, their offense kind of stinks. Like, they could absolutely use Zach Levine and like the offensive punch he could bring in. I don't think he'd like nuke their defense or anything like that. When When he, if he's where he wants to be, which is allegedly with the Lakers, I think he'd be engaged, playing off AD and LeBron, he'd be awesome. So, like, if the Lakers were willing to give to do the Reeves thing, I think that makes it so much easier. Would the Bulls give in and maybe do the D'Lo Rui? Maybe like whatever Max Christie or one other young guys plus that twenty twenty nine pick at the deadline? Maybe, maybe I think they would probably try to flip D'Lo somewhere else for something else that is not him. <laughs> uh, so maybe I could see that maybe happening at the deadline. Like I said, would I love it? Not really. Certainly not a trade I rush myself into. But like if that, it comes down to it. Uh, I would at least I might think about it. Um, So I still do think Zach's going to ultimately get traded. Um, But like I said, I think DeMar and Cruz are going to stay because I think the bulls are just competitive. They've been better enough and competitive enough where I don't think this front office wants to like sell off those guys. And I think, I do think they want to re-sign DeMar at like the right number and again, try to stay as competitive as they can the next couple of years with their young guys kind of showing more promise here with like Kobe and Patrick Williams and those guys.
1: So as we transition into talking about this basketball game tonight, not I should say tomorrow for the, when I we not recording right now, because we're recording yeah. this before the bulls take on the Philadelphia 76ers. So this will be the second night of a back to back, as you mentioned uh, with the bulls coming into the garden. Um, the, the Knicks obviously just made this big trade for OGN and OB and I like to hand the show over to my guests at a certain point to just get their thoughts or if you have any questions about the Knicks. So I'll ask first your thoughts on the trade. They just made your reaction when it happened. And then do you have any questions or thoughts about the Knicks and, and how they've played this season? My, my first, uh, reaction was, wow, Masai Ujiri actually made, he actually traded one made of the right? like, yeah I
2: couldn't believe it. I, I have a running kind of joke, making fun of the Raptors. I call them the trashters. Uh, oh and I just God. always like making fun of them and <laughs> joke about Masai being washed because all the, I mean, just the last couple of years, just rumors after rumor about all, oh, everyone's looking at the Raptors. I mean, the bulls are kind of in the same thing. Like everyone's looking at the bulls and the Raptors as these teams, are they going to sell? And Jerry finally made the trade. He finally traded after really? all the rumors, after all the reports about oh, like they need like five first round picks for OG and all that. And mm-hmm. you know, it's like uh, they trade him in this package, only one, and not even a first, no first round picks. I know quickly, and they got it quickly in RJ. But uh, and then the second round pick they got is basically like a fake first. It's, it's the thirty first pick
1: of the draft. Yeah, it's Detroit's right second this year. Round. Yeah. By yeah. the way, that I've, that pivot to a tank because you traded everybody. We call it the Portland pivot here at (laughs) nicks film school because portland has that move they make where it's like all right suddenly we're gonna lose 20 of 21 like there's there's just like (laughs) that certain point in every blazer season that that happened (laughs) but yeah
2: i mean i think i I think the move made sense for for both sides i mean the knicks i know like knicks fans a lot of knicks fans loved rj and iq and like have been begging to tom divino to play iq more and it just wasn't happening uh and it's like, you're not going to pay him the whatever 20 some million that he's looking for. And if you're not going to play pay him enough or play him enough, you're not going to pay him enough. You might as well try to get something that'll help you that'll maybe balance out your roster a bit more. Um, RJ as well. I know like RJ, it seems to me, I, I'm not, I think a lot of next fans like him at least. So it seems like maybe more a bit split. Is that no? My wrong. He is there? a
1: pol- He was a polarizing. Okay, player. polarizing. All right. I will. I will just add this. Objectively, uh, R.J. was playing the worst basketball of his career. Yeah, I know this season was not left. good. Yeah. yeah, he got off to this seven-game start to the year that was like, oh my god, he figured it out, and yeah. then he went out with migraines for their games, and then my goodness, like falling off a cliff doesn't even get, yeah. begin to describe it. And he'd have moments where it was like, oh, he's back, and then yeah. those moments would be just that. Even games that he played well he would still be like, all right, you got into the lane and didn't look for the wide open yeah. guy on the wing that <laughs> you, drew the, you drew the double and then tried to shoot over it. He, so that's why it, it did feel like they had come to a, Fred Katz, uh, that covers the Knicks for yeah. the Athletic, had, had said they, they had kind of come to a reckoning with RJ where it was like, yeah. he may tr- play himself into a certain point in his trade value that his contract becomes extremely toxic and brutal. Yeah. 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 yeah Which is it, it why he ends up being more kind like, of a yeah. salary filler in this deal for, for yeah. Ananobi. Yeah. You know,
2: it seemed like the Knicks fans are at least, at least from what I had seen like, had really words, like really hoping that and like talking themselves into RJ, like being that guy. And it just like, there were the signs of it. And yeah, I, I had seen I looked at his numbers recently. And I was like, oh god, this is not good. Yes, yeah, <laughs> so, not great. Not great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Quickly um, was the big, the Yeah, big quickly. Yeah, loss. I know it's tough. Yeah. And I know a
2: lot of people I've mixed people I follow like have just been begging, like I said, Tibbs to play quickly more. Like he'd bench him bench him late in games. And like he uh, quickly would come in, and oh, the Knicks would go on a run and like, oh, look at that. Because I was in the game.
1: Every though. game. It was a script. Yeah, right. It was literally yeah. a script. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So like that's yeah, definitely tough to lose him, but Um, again, OG, I've, I've always thought OG has been a bit overrated, but I think like this trade value wise kind of makes sense. And just the the play form with what the Knicks needed, getting a big three and D wing. Like I think OG was overrated in terms of like some of that was like trade rumors out there, like four first round picks for OG or, I mean, he's just never, he's not that good of an offensive player, really good shooter, but like the offense is like, if he was as good as I feel like people talked about him, like the Raptors wouldn't have stunk like they do, but like, he is still (laughs) a very, he's still a really good player. It's like not telling he's like that guy, but in terms of like being like, Whatever the third or fourth guy on the Knicks and that defensive guy, I think that's great. I I was making jokes when the trade happened about how an absolute Tibbs guy uh, and that people were calling him Lou Dang two Exactly. I made, a, exactly, yeah, I made yeah. a joke about how OG's <laughs> better OG better be ready to play forty five minutes a night for Tibbs because he will ride him really Would hard. Would have
1: played forty the first game if he didn't foul out. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So like.
2: I think Tibbs will probably love him uh just because of the two-way play and just like and then it's kind of like the Lou thing Dang. Lou like couldn't really dribble that well. Um, not the best, like offensively, like he put up like nice numbers, but it was never like that dude offensively. I think that's kind of OG. Not that guy offensively, but he can shoot pretty well. He can do some stuff offensively, but then defensively, uh, he'll kill it for you and he'll play and he'll just play. You can ride him, and play a ton of minutes, bring that energy. Um, so I think the fit with Tibbs, especially, is like really good uh, and makes a lot of sense. I don't know, but, like in that first game against the Timberwolves, he was what, like a plus twenty something. Uh, had a really strong game overall, uh, and that kind of shows you, like, here, you know, well, this is the vision with OG in- and An- as our starting small forward, or whatever.
1: Yeah, and like you could play the the backup power forward too. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, like, I'm very curious to see what happens when they play like certain teams where he could. Can- guard the five and whether Tibbs decides to go small. I'm sure you know this better than anybody. The times that he goes smaller... Acts of God or desperation, because uh, he just his religion is is forty eight minutes of rim protection, and I'm, I, it just it has to. I don't know if it makes you laugh or if it warms your heart that Taj Gibson. Oh, is yeah. still was, on an I was, NBA. I was right? just gonna
2: bring. I was just gonna bring that up uh, that uh, I think Tibbs uh, will play Taj Gibson over playing OG at the five probably because yeah. yeah. he can't quit Taj Gibson. I think I saw I, I think that I saw some video or even like, Taj might add some quotes like he came in and played like eight or 10 straight minutes and he was just dying. Like he was, yeah.
1: like, he was just like, oh there's God. a there's a screenshot going around <laughs> yeah. of him looking like he needed yeah. a defibrillator and you felt for him <laughs> because he was on a couch three days right. earlier. And, and then he's, I mean, he's 30, Sims, 37, 38.
2: I believe now? he's Robert the second he is, youngest
1: yeah. player in the league now or active player in the league behind LeBron. Yeah that's that's it what it is sense. and Tibbs was like you're my backup center and that's yeah. that's that's how it worked. Like, he, he sprained his ankle we brought I thought he got signed for like locker room morale like hey yeah. we need a veteran because we lost Derek Rose last year yeah. and then you know we got to bring Taj back little do we know no he's going no, to he's play minutes the backup center. <laughs> yes get, get those those minutes were uh, God bless Taj Gibson they were yeah. they were tough to it does bore
2: through. my heart to a degree that I Taj was awesome with the Bulls like a fan favorite and uh the fact that he's still getting contracts is amazing. It is, I mean, a Tibbs'
1: contract. He's guess, getting like, Tibbs' contracts, Yeah, yes. the fact like, that he's
2: still in the league is pretty impressive and good for him. And uh, uh, yeah, big like fan
1: the, of Nas is, <laughs> the Nas is the Nas signed to Kubo is still getting right. contracts <laughs> yeah. because he's Giannis's brother, the Giannis' like,
2: contract. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So oh, I mean, I actually do. I, I'm curious the the way things ended with Tibbs and what's been reported and and his end in Chicago. Yeah, you know, it seemed like he, he it had just kind of worn out his welcome. Yeah. It, like this, it was it was time. And then like Minnesota well documented. The Jimmy Butler of it all was well documented, <laughs> yeah. and like he got fired mid season, but he was also making personnel decisions. Yeah. and with the Knicks, I'd argue he's like on, like they're making trades that fit him, not like the players. <laughs> so I'm wondering like if he's gonna actually see an extension, and this will be his. I mean, I believe if he plays one, if he coaches one more season in New York, you will have reached his, the entirety of his tenure with Chicago as well, six years each. And I guess from afar, like what was your, what is your vantage point of seeing what Tibbs is doing in New York, especially like last year with Tibbs having the third best offense in the league that had to be jarring for you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And those Bulls teams were definitely not known for their offense. They were known for their defense. I mean, I mean, the Knicks have been pretty successful with them. I mean, I don't think you can play. I mean, obviously you can always have your complaints with the quickly stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, some of the minutes stuff, of course. And uh, I know he still doesn't like taking guys out late in games when it's a blowout. Uh, I know a lot of coaches are weird like that, but I feel like tips is always been especially weird about that stuff. But
1: it's very much uh, a tips thing. It's the number. I mean, not the number one thing, but it's like Jalen Brunson turned his ankle down 15 At a game they were down 20 for most of the second half. Oh, right. Yeah. Celtics. That. Yeah. And we're all yeah. like, again, really, yeah. if this brutal play, uh, in-season tournament week ends with losing Jalen Brunson for an extended period of time because you couldn't let, the lo- let go of the rope. Anyway, yeah. continue.
2: Yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, so the Knicks have had a good amount of success the last couple of years. And uh, like I said, whatever problems you have with Tibbs, I know, like, whatever. Brunson has been a huge part of that. And it's been awesome. He's a Chicago guy. So awesome mm-hmm. to see Jalen Brunson turned into what he's become. Um, I wish he was the Bulls point guard. Like he would've, that would have been great. No, really, no way that they really ever could have gotten him at any point. I don't think. But uh, uh, they would have needed to
1: hire his godson, his godfather, yeah. is what it yeah, needed to happen. Go. Leon Rose would have um, had to run the team. Yes,
2: right, exactly. But uh, yeah, I mean, so I mean, good for Tibbs. Like I guess those I and mean, the years he coached the team uh, were some of the best Bulls years since the dynasty. Obviously, the, the year they went to the conference finals and the years that Rose was was hurt, like they still grinded out wins because of the way that he coached and the way that team played defense. Um, I know it did. I mean, the la- the year, the whatever the last year that before he ended up leaving, like that year was just kind of weird because I mean, he, him in the front office didn't get along. Like uh, the roster was kind of weird. And that's when like Jimmy kind of started turning, becoming really good. And like, there was some like Jimmy Rose stuff. So it was a guy who just got a weird season. And he, I think the front office was kind of done with him. So like, was I like, I don't know if I was necessarily like, totally done with them, but like, it was clear that he had to, the time had to move on. But like, uh, and again, there are the issues. I mean, the Derek Rose injury, the ACL injury, like was they were up double digits in the final minute of a playoff game. It was a playoff game, a little more understandable there, but like, I know that was always a big talking point. Like why was Derek Rose still on the court when he tore his ACL? But, uh, and that's still the thing now, of course, but like, uh, I have nothing against Tibbs. He, I mean, he's been a good coach for a long time. Yeah, there's he's had he's got some flaws, but the fact that yeah, offense, we've seen some offensive stuff from the, the team be better offensively. Like that's it's, it's fun to see. So uh, good, good to see him uh, doing well still. Like I said, I have plenty of fond memories from Tibbs uh, as a Bulls coach.
1: Currently. Uh, as we record, I guess it'll still be true at, at game time tomorrow. He is five wins away from 500 wins for his NBA oh. career, which would make him the 36th head coach in NBA history to achieve that plateau. Steve Kerr, who obviously doesn't have as long of a career as Tibbs uh, would probably be next on that list. He's at 488. Tibbs is at 495. Um, that's number four, and number five, as far as active yep. head coaches, Right now, so you know, props to props to Tibbs, and hopefully yep. now that we can't argue about how many how many minutes he <laughs> plays Emmanuel quickly, um, that they get back to just being a good coach. We don't yep. have to fr- be frustrated <laughs> with some of his minutes distribution.
3: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check breakfast, lunch, and
1: dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
3: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Last thing before I let you get out of here, because I know you got to get to, to watching them play the Sixers. I do this thing with every guest of mine where I get the Mount Rushmore of rivals. What I mean by that is before the season, NBA schedule gets released, There's the dates you circle on the calendar. And look, I'm assuming your fandom goes back to the 90s. The Knicks and Bulls have a long rivalry that existed from that era. And as a Knicks fan, we were on the wrong side of that rivalry just about every time. Um, I wonder if the Knicks are on that list. And if not, who are the four teams that you look forward to playing the most based on rivalry uh, on the NBA schedule? That
2: is tough. I mean, the Bulls, they've been so bad lately where it's just like... (laughs) I don't even know anymore, but like, I mean, playing at the garden is always great. So like that, it's probably like them, the heat, probably. I always like watching mm. heat, like them play the heat and it kind of go back at the end j- since Jimmy's on the heat too, it. Like I like what them watching played Jimmy. Um, oh my God, the bucks games are always good now. They've been playing the bucks a little better lately too. So the bucks, I don't want to say the Celtics necessarily, but I just, I like beating the Celtics. The Bulls certainly don't beat the Celtics very much anymore, but like, Mm -hmm. um, so like playing against them is probably is I just kind of like, and like in the Western conference, probably nobody like going, there's, I don't think there's really any like serious rivals there in the West. So like, I mean, I do like playing the Lakers just because it's the Lakers and like playing LeBron, but, um, so yeah, probably like Knicks, Heat, Bucks. Uh, and then I guess I'll go Celtics then would be those four, I think.
1: I have a question about the Bucs because I'm like, yeah. like with the Knicks and the Celtics. I I don't know what it is, but I don't actually have hatred for the Celtics. I have hatred for Boston. And a lot of that <laughs> is crossover in New York, Boston. I'm a Mets fan. Yeah. So I don't, I don't necessarily share the Yankee perspective of this, but I'm a Jets fan and I despise the Patriots and yep. for, like what the last two decades was, which is ironic that this Sunday, the Jets will be favored in Foxborough for like the, maybe the first time ever. <laughs> and it's, like a game, I want the Jets to lose because of draft yeah, position, right. and like there's the New York Boston of it all carries over into the New York rivalry. For sure, um, the Milwaukee and Chicago rivalry does. Does any? Like maybe the Bulls and Bucks don't have that greater rivalry, but the Milwaukee Chicago—is there any animosity there between the Packers and the Bears? I know right. the Brewers and the Cubs are in the same division. Yeah,
2: I mean, I think that certainly plays. I mean, yeah, I'm a Cubs fan, so like, yeah, and the Cubs just stole counsel from the Brewers. That's right, that's, they did. That was a whole thing. So, <laughs> as a Mets yeah. fan,
1: I thought we were getting him, and clearly, yeah. he just wanted to drive the price up. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, probably that plays part of it, and it, I mean, and also just like whatever. Bulls, Bucks are two two hours apart, uh, and the Bucks have been really good for a while. I, and the, now that they have Dame, like the Bulls, in the last couple of years, the Bulls have been really competitive against them. There was a long stretch where Giannis, I think, had like a really long winning streak, and he would just dominate them. Because, I mean, the Bull, I think, a lot of good teams had long winning streaks against the Bulls. Like the Bulls hadn't beaten Joel Embiid until like last year for like ten or eleven games. Because the year after the, the years after they traded Jimmy Butler, the Bulls were so bad. Where it's like I don't even care who they play; they're probably <laughs> gonna lose are stinking up but like the last few years after they've been competitive again like they played better against Milwaukee they had a, their playoff series a few years ago like mm. the Bulls played them good for two games and then they got absolutely smoked in the last three Uh, but I think that was actually going to be a fun series like they were tied 1-1 and Chris Middleton got hurt and I was like whoa can the Bulls make this a series no they'll lose by 20 in each of the next three games but mm. yeah so between the playoff series like the Giannis stuff, there was the Alex Crusoe Grayson Allen stuff uh, last year, I know Grayson Allen's gone, but like that was a huge thing. So like the Bulls' boxing has kind of built up late the last couple of years, especially, uh, and they've played some really close. I mean, this year they played like three really close tight games. Uh, Dame has been horrible in like all of them, which has been kind of super random. But uh, I do think probably some of those other teams and the the fan base rivalries there also definitely probably plays a role there too.
1: Well, you mentioned the Knicks and the Bulls coming to MSG does spark some, some, absolutely uh, memories and some, some throwbacks to uh, those, those bloodbaths, as Chris, uh, Chris, Car- Chris Herring called it in his book, uh, when the Knicks played the Bulls in the 90s. Great book. So, Love that book. Yes. Uh, I'm actually just, I, so I had read it when it came out. He sent yeah. all of us a bunch of advanced copies. I just re read it by listening to it. I found out that yeah, you can nice. check out audiobooks on Spotify. I was like, oh, this is the thing I'm going <laughs> to read go. more. Yeah. Um, and so like getting to re-experience it and, and really like the bulls just flat out matter when it comes to Nick's history. And <laughs> yeah, right. maybe not for the reasons we want it to, but <laughs> uh, it absolutely, especially with Tibbs of it all. And like, the, he got like the old bulls back together with Taj and, and, and Derek Rose uh, a couple years ago. Uh, I'm very fascinated how many times I swear to God, if I see a replay on MSG, Oh no. On ABC of the Charles Smith play, I'm just gonna lose it. I'm just gonna lose it because, like, yes, we know he was fouled eleven times too. We know, we know what happened. Okay, uh, but uh, I'm looking forward to this matchup and getting a, a good look at this. The, this version I would love. Of the Bulls, I would love
2: you know. for a, in the near future, give us a Bulls Knicks MSG Christmas Day game. I need the Bulls to actually be good again, ah. so they can actually play a Christmas game because that used to be a thing where MJ and the Bulls MJ would go at the play garden. At, the guard, yep. at the garden on Christmas. I'm growing up, I definitely remember that kind of stuff. Uh, So I would love to see that again in sometime in the near future, because the Bulls have not been good enough to play on Christmas lately. Uh, so I'd love to see that. I don't know if they'll be good enough to consider for that next year, but I would love to see that sometime soon again
1: oh. in the near future. Hopefully they could could manifest the Bulls getting to, yes. like you said, getting good enough so that way we could we make that happen in the future. Absolutely. Uh, we'll start with uh, a January game on a Wednesday. Yeah, because, we'll take there were, it. <laughs> because there was a writer's truck, it's at 8.30 Eastern. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for joining me. We appreciate your insight. Before you get out of here, tell the fine folks at home where they can find you and all your stuff.
2: Yes, uh, follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore uh, J, our podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network, Cash Considerations, A Bulls podcast. It's me and Ricky O'Donnell. We'll probably, I believe we're going to have a pod. We're probably going to record after the game tomorrow night. So that hopefully it's a good one that we'll be able to talk about. So uh, check that out. Uh, and then also check out ClutchPoints.com. I don't do much writing there, but I'm an employee there. I kind of run, run, run the show over there. So check, check out ClutchPoints.com as well.
1: Um, that pod you record tomorrow night after the Knicks game, right? Um, I mean, this is respectfully as possible. I hope it's not that great a pod because it means, well, the <laughs> Knicks will have one. Totally fair. Know. As uh, respectfully I mean, as a, possible, I say yeah, that, yeah. It's
2: going to be a tough schedule game for the Bulls on a second of a back-to-back, so like that should be a, a Knicks advantage, but I mean the Bulls have won several games, right? It's like they have no business winning and they've somehow pulled it off. So we'll see. Hopefully, at least at least a, Competitive game. Good. If you want the Knicks to win, it's obviously fine. If you want them to win, <laughs> but we got, we got some we had some really fun Bulls Knicks games last year. Uh, a few really good ones. So the DeMar DeRozan game. Yeah. RJ yeah. went yeah. off,
1: and then the Knicks missed a ton of free throws. And then the yeah. DeMar DeRozan Jalen Brunson was yeah. like a
2: ninety percent free throw shooter. Mm-hmm. Like I think missed back to, to. Yeah, missed
1: two, and then Quentin Grimes missed two, and it was like, yeah. oh wow, we're, we're ruining RJ's night. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Competitive well, game. That's uh, that's what I'll ask for. <laughs> competitive game. We'll take it. Jason, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Once again, a big thank you to Jason for coming on today's show and helping me preview this matchup against the Bulls. Uh, pay attention to the injury report because who knows what version of the Bulls we get, especially if Patrick Williams, who leads the team in on off this year uh, with Colby White, who is... uh. uh despite having some poor shooting nights lately, uh, was averaging over 22 points a game since Zach Levine went and, and did other things with his life. Uh, and look, they're a team to monitor because they have some pieces that I know the Knicks would potentially be interested in. Andre Drummond obviously being the biggest one to be the backup center. Andre Drummond had 10 offensive rebounds for the Chicago Bulls on on Tuesday night against the Sixers. That is absolutely the Tibbs prototype. And I don't even think he'd be the, the center of uh, the starting center, I should say. I think he'd be the backup, especially with the way Mitch uh, Mitch Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein has played. Shout out to, to XJ and to Mensah, who have been tracking the defensive EPM of the year. Guess who leads the NBA in defensive EPM, which is the all-encompassing, all-in-one uh defensive uh, advanced metric uh, impact stat, I should say, that XJ loves. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein leads the NBA in defensive EPM. He's the best player as far as that stat is concerned, the 100th percentile. So who knows what happens with the Bulls over the next couple months. Let's closely monitor them. And if you'd like to hear more about what's going on with the Bulls, check out Cash Considerations. The link is in the episode description. So check that out. Shout out to Jason once again for coming on the show. As far as I'm concerned, I'll be back on Friday morning to preview the next matchup against the Sixers. Um, if you dig this episode over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. We've got a watch-along, a post-game show, a casual Friday, a Patreon pod, and of course, uh, a pregame pod for, as I mentioned, for the game on Friday against the Sixers. But until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight, and I'll speak with you soon. Peace.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.